Today's guest is Dylan Nazai, an associate developer at YSG Solar in New York City. He's here to give us insight into the work his team is doing and just to discuss the solar power industry as a whole and where we're headed with that. Thank you for joining. Let's jump in. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Dylan Nazai. He is a associate developer at YSG Solar. Thank you so much, Dylan, for being here. My pleasure. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about your professional background and how you got started or how you actually got involved in solar power? Sure. So my academic background was in economics and political science, but since I was a kid, I was always really fascinated by the environment and energy. I always love the outdoors, love fishing and hiking and that sort of thing. And I read uh, Al Gore's An Inconvenient Truth as a, oh. as a kid. Uh, yeah, as a, a summer reading assignment for school. Okay. And it was, it was quite influential. And it really got me thinking about what my, what my calling might be, you know, what mm-hmm. sort of work I might want to do when I, when, I, when I grew up. And it wow. seemed like there was such a, such, a, such a massive problem where it seemed like all the answers were right there, but nobody was really doing enough to tackle it. And you know, going into college, that was sort of one career path that I had in mind, but through my extracurriculars and, and the, a few internships that I landed while in school, I got to really explore it as a really rewarding and, 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 and uh, exciting career path. So I suppose my, I've had several internships in the sustainability and you know, clean technology space, broadly mm-hmm. speaking, but my first dive into solar energy was was during my internship with the Solar Energy Industries Association in Washington. Oh, wow. It was, yeah, it was a government affairs internship where I supported the, uh, the, the government affairs team in their efforts to lobby Congress for some of the solar industry's major federal priorities. So, you know, that was my first that was, that was my that was my first experience specifically in the solar industry and okay uh, and YSG took me on thereafter as an associate developer okay that is fantastic and it's also uh exciting that an assigned reading book got you thinking <laughs> and inspired you towards your career all for that yeah. uh how long have you been with YSG I've been with YSG for the past year okay uh, and then what does your team like, what does your team typically focus on? What does your day-to-day look like? Sure. So my particular role is in, well, in the context of New York City, my particular role is in commercial rooftop and uh, land leasing. So okay. my, uh, you know, my, my, my sort of expertise is in uh, qualifying sites, rooftops and parcels for uh, distributed energy resources, uh, including solar energy and battery storage uh, technology, and you know those two technologies paired together. So the biggest opportunity in New York City is really these you know thirty thousand square foot rooftops plus yes. um, and parcels that are you know, vacant land or you know underutilized land because <laughs> you know vacant land is kind of hard to come by in the city. Right. So I'll just say underutilized yes. land that can accommodate 
uh, a battery, approximately the, the size of a, you know, a small shipping truck, that sort of thing, okay. like a small shipping container. So my role is really to qualify these sites, uh, identify their owners, uh, contact them and uh, coordinate uh, lease negotiations and, and coordinate essentially acquisitions. That's, that's, that's my role. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds fantastic. I noticed it looks like YSG is a leading force in New York City and you've been expanding. Can you speak to the growth of your company? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been in business since 2010 and uh, we really started off with uh, primarily in the residential solar business. Um, But throughout that time, we've uh, expanded to land leases throughout the United States, everywhere from California to Maine, everywhere in between. Um, but really, you know, the plurality of our business is in New York State and, and you know, focused around the New York City metropolitan area. Uh, you know, given the advent of, of you know, community solar incentives and, you know, local laws 94 through 97 in the city, the sort of the really, there's a really massive growth opportunity in rooftop uh, solar leases, uh, you know, as the city mandates, uh, you know, sort of larger buildings to, right. uh, you know, play a, a greater role, the owners of larger buildings to sort of play a greater role in the, in the, in the clean energy future. Uh, yeah, we've done 200 rooftop systems just in New York City alone. So, and as I mentioned, our primary uh, business model for commercial rooftops, these sort of 30,000 square foot plus rooftops is to pursue a, a lease agreement. So we lease rooftop space from the owner we provide them with leasing revenue, just like any other, you know, any other tenant might. We're able to secure some pretty hefty property tax abatements to sort of sweeten wow. the deal. Yeah. And then we sell that power to uh, the utility company. So in the case of New York City, that would be Con Edison for right. the most part. Um, yeah, to sort of feed into the community solar incentives. That sounds like a really good win-win dynamic right there. Oh, yes. You see that a lot with solar. It's a lot of just positives all around. So I have a question specifically about community solar subscriptions. Like, sure. what are they? How are these systems beneficial? And where are they benefited most effectively? I know I read about one being implemented in New Jersey, but I'm sure there's a lot more detail you could provide. Absolutely. So uh, the, the crux behind why community solar is advantageous is, is simply the fact that you know, solar energy, obviously, you know, from a, from a climate point of view is a great thing. It's uh, zero emissions, but not everybody has the, uh, the assets necessary to support a local clean energy system. Not everybody's roof is large enough. Not everybody lives in a sunny enough location or uh, in a location that's clear enough of vegetation. Uh, and, and not everybody can afford the system. You know, the, the, there are a ton of uh, fixed costs associated with uh, developing a solar energy system. Yes. So the crux behind or the, the economics of why a community solar project um, is beneficial is that somebody that owns a property that can support the system will install it. They will, um, well, in states where there's a policy mechanism in place to allow this to happen, a property owner or a developer that owns a, a large enough system can feed solar power uh, into the grid, they receive credits from their utility company for doing so. Okay. And then uh, that owner sells those credits to subscribers in lieu of those subscribers uh, paying their normal uh, electric bill. So when you sign up, when you as a, say a homeowner who doesn't have solar on your roof, sign up for a community solar program, what you're really signing up for is those credits. And you know they're cheaper on a per kilowatt hour basis than your typical electricity bill. So it's really a win-win-win. The 
the subscriber gets cheaper electricity than they otherwise might. The utility company gets uh, cleaner power, uh, you know, a more robust supply of clean power, and the, the solar energy provider you know, can generate some revenue in the process. That is fantastic. I uh, had not heard about a community solar project or being able to subscribe before getting on YSG's website. So I think there's a lot of people that could benefit from knowing that that resource is out there. That's fantastic. Absolutely, And that's sort of what our rooftop leases in the city do. I mean, a really good project that's sort of that I want to highlight that sort of exemplifies this, the, you know, the success of this of this model and, you know, why I think it's really viable for, for the city moving forward is this East New York project that we that we finished in uh, in the East New York section of Brooklyn. It's a you know just under one megawatt system uh, on a sports facility out there. So happy to provide a link. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, I would love to put that in the notes for this episode so our listeners can check that out. My next question is: Considering the current infrastructure of New York City, what are some ways you think the city could reduce energy consumption? And then. You've touched on this a little bit, but moves that the team at YSG Solar is making towards a more sustainable city. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the city, you know, broadly speaking, there, there are a ton of positive trends that will not only you know, reduce energy consumption, but also make sure that that energy, whatever energy is consumed is you know, on net better for the environment. I'm talking things like, you know, electrifying heating systems, you know, moving away from heating oil. Um, you know, improving public transit infrastructure to sort yes. of incentivize people to uh, rely less on uh, internal combustion engine vehicles or just cars generally. Right. Um, in the end, you know, that's more efficient than driving. Um, yes. Moves to electrify the bus fleet are really, you know, really exciting to us. And we, you know, we're trying to support, uh, you know, the electric vehicle transition in whatever way we can through mm-hmm. our, um, you know, through our, through our deals to, put charging stations in place. But, you know, as you can imagine, I mean, pretty much everything I'm saying entails more electricity demand. Uh, yes. and, and, and unless you can meet that additional demand with additional supply from a clean energy source, then you're not really getting the full climate benefit that you otherwise might. And that's, that's notwithstanding, you know, the argument in favor of or the argument that says, well, we're reducing local emissions, sure. But in the grand scheme of things, you'd also like to minimize the climate impact if possible as well. So that's really sort of where energy developers like YSG uh, can have the greatest impact in this sort Mm -hmm. of ecosystem of the clean tech transition. So in in supporting decentralized uh, or distributed energy resource development throughout the city, we can boost demand, clean energy demand, where the supply is. That reduces strain on the grid. And that makes it so that when electricity demand goes up, say to charge your electric vehicles, to heat your apartment in the winter, mm-hmm. the, that, that we don't need to throw on more natural gas-fired power plants or, right. you know, to meet that additional demand. So you know, solar energy, in particular, solar energy paired with you know, utility-grade battery mm-hmm. power is uh, going to play a major role in that, I think. So some people say solar energy is the future. Why do you think that is the case? And what are some ways that solar power offers a solution to the current energy crisis that we're in? Absolutely. So we do love to say that solar energy is the future, but if you ask any clean energy professional, I think they'll tell you that the key to a a net zero emissions future lies not in any one technology, but in a a mix of 
of renewable energies or you know net zero energy sources combined with mitigation uh, strategies uh, mm -hmm. so demand reduction and maybe carbon sequestration that sort of thing but you know solar energy really it, its greatest impact its greatest niche as compared to other uh, renewable technologies is that it is has the potential to be very compact, very localized. I mean, yeah, you can, you know, solar energy is pretty versatile. You can have acres upon acres of solar panels supporting a utility grade uh, generation operation, or you can, you know, throw a solar panel on your roof. You know, it, it's, right. it's, it's, it's really sort of, it, 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 it's really a versatile clean energy technology. And, um, but, you know, its main drawback is its intermittency, obviously, Solar energy's potential is greatest when the sun is out and, you know, yes. when the sun is highest in the sky. So that's sort of where the greatest utility in pairing it with battery technology comes into play because mm -hmm. you, can, you can store that electricity that you generate in the battery um, or in a battery during the midday and then discharge at night when demand is highest. Um, so I think solar energy is going to play a major role in I think solar energy is going to play a major role in meeting urban energy demand in a way that other renewables are not as suited to do, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. So obviously you focused on solar power and that is kind of your main focus in your job and your role and the the mission of YSG Solar. But beyond solar power, is there an additional renewable energy source that you think our listeners should keep an eye on that you think is really going to be a, a big difference maker in the renewable energy? So as it pertains to the New York City region, I think that you know, I'm often surprised by how few, few people know about the offshore wind projects that are going to be going online. Hopefully, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, but I'd say in, in the next decade. So essentially out, out, in, uh, out in the ocean and off of Long Island, there's yeah. going to be, you know, pretty significant wind farm out in the ocean. Um, you know, that's sort of meant to, or will we'll, we'll sort of help meet some of, the, some of the generation capacity lost after Indian Point shut down. Yes. Um, I'm really, you know, really long-term, I think hydrogen uh, fuel technology is, is, is going to really help, you know, sort of maybe supplant. I also think that long-term hydrogen fuel is going to be a very viable alternative to natural gas as a power plant-based uh, generation uh, fuel source. Okay, fantastic. More of a personal question about your own journey as mm -hmm. an engineer, but who served as a role model for you in your career? So... I'd have to say, you know, if any one person was the most influential, it'd have to be my grandfather. So my grandfather immigrated to the United States in the, in the 60s uh, alongside my, you know, pretty much my entire uh, extended family. They, they, they came to the United States fleeing political persecution in Europe and, you know, moved into a, a, a small apartment in the Bronx, 17 people crammed into a, a two-bedroom apartment. All oh, wow. Wow all the adults sleeping in one bedroom, all the children wow. in another, um, you know, the family suffered a lot of personal tragedy moving, uh, you know, well, not, not long after coming to the U S you know, the late sixties were a very, 
um, you know, tumultuous time to say yes. the least as well. So, um, but he was a very entrepreneurial guy, uh, you know, so w- w- where, you know, others might've seen, you know, reasons to be pessimistic. He saw opportunity, got involved in, uh, in real estate um, to provide for himself and his family. And, you know, by the time I was born, fortunately, you know, we were, we were well-established and we were, um, you know, I, I was, I was in a, in a situation where I could prioritize my education and he was always a major uh, proponent of my education and was always sort of a mentor and, 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 you know, his story was always a, a an inspiration to me. Um, you know, he always provided, you know, emotional support to me growing up and um, taught me to, to be an optimist, to endure any sort of, you know, challenges, even you know, no matter how long-term they seem, you know, to be optimistic that in the end, you know, if you work hard and, you know, you, if you work hard and if you, you know, keep your mind to your objective and, you know, always remember to stop and smell the roses, you know, take care of yourself yes. in the process, then in the long run, you know, all hardship will pass and you will, you'll enjoy the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak. Right. You know? And to sort of tie it into the, the theme of the podcast, you know, solving the climate challenges. <laughs> yes, I was thinking, is, yes. Yeah, you know, solving the climate challenge is not easy. There are no, uh, you know, there are no quick answers. It's going to sort of require all of us to do our own little part and to maybe forego some conveniences in the short term, maybe to sacrifice a little bit of, you know, our happiness for now and the in, or, you know, some of our convenience for now in the, in the hopes that in the long run, we will live more sustainably and uh, discover a new, you know, a new better way of living yes. that we hadn't even imagined was possible when we first, you know, embarked on the journey of, <laughs> to stretch <Yeah>. this metaphor. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that. No, that is the goal right there. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I think those two things tie hand in hand. So you've shared a lot of really valuable information. I mm-hmm. really appreciate you coming on. And I wanted to see how can our audience find more information about the work your team is doing at YSG Solar? How could they get involved if they're interested in making moves in that direction? Yeah. So really the best place is on our website. That's where a lot of our, well, that's, that's really how, how, how most of our uh, business partners get in touch with us. That's really how yeah. most of our collaborators get in touch with us. And we're going to re- be revamping it soon. We're going oh, to have a, you know, a newly revamped blog section. We're going to oh, you know, awesome. contribute, going to contribute more to the the general dialogue on you know clean technology in, in the city and you know throughout the U.S. more broadly. So I, w- I would say that that's definitely the best place to you know get engaged with us, to get in touch, and to follow the work that we do. Okay, fantastic. I will be sure to link the website in the description for this episode. And one thing I just want to highlight for our listeners, I took a look at the blog posts on the website before this episode, and they were excellent. So I highly recommend checking those out. They're pretty cool. Pretty interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing some of your expertise with us. Thanks for having me. If you're interested in finding out more about the work Dylan and his team are doing at YSG Solar, please check out the website link I've listed in the description of this episode. Thank you again to Dylan for taking time to share his work with us. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon. My next episode is coming right up.